This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Jake Asman Show here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Jake Asman hanging out with you for the next four hours. Four hours of previewing the New York Giants season. Four hours of previewing the New York Jets season. And today's got to be one of the great days of the year if you're a sports fan. And look, I'm a Jets fan, so typically the last, you know, 12 years, you're trying to convince yourself, hey, you know, maybe this Gase hire could work out. Hey, you know, maybe Zach Wilson could take that big step. Uh, maybe Sam Darnold's the guy. You go through, like, the, the litany of things as a Jet fan you've tried to convince yourself. At least in the week one, you had hope. And every football fan, whether you root for the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the defending champs, or you root for the Arizona Cardinals, who might be the worst team in the league, you have hope on this day. Today's a fun day. If you're a sports fan, if you're a football fan, you got the fantasy matchups, you got your bets that you're looking to hit on. Today's just a great day overall, and I think it's especially great here in the tri-state area. If you're a Giants or a Jet fan, and we're going to talk plenty about those two teams throughout our show this afternoon, you get the chance to sit back and actually watch all the other games before your team plays. You had a really good game on Thursday with the Chiefs and the Lions. You had a game that came down to the wire to kick off the NFL season. Really good college slate if you're into college football yesterday. But today, yes, if you're a Giant fan, you're going to be nervous tonight against the Cowboys. If you're a Jet fan, you're going to be very nervous tomorrow night on 9-11 against the Bills. But I really think there's a lot of uh, positive vibes, of course, with both teams. But there's positive vibes if you're a fan. You get to sit back, watch all the games throughout the day. You get to watch the NFL Red Zone Channel or Sunday Ticket. Maybe you're out and about right now in the car taking care of Aaron. So we're going to hang out with you, and we're going to talk some football throughout the course of our show. But it's nice when your team doesn't play till later. You get to enjoy all the other games. So I got the games on in front of me right now. We'll keep you up to date on the biggest things that happen throughout the course of our show. And, of course, we'll get into the Giants matchup tonight against the Cowboys and the Jets matchup tomorrow night against the Buffalo Bills. Gary Myers, longtime football writer in New York. He's going to be coming up joining us to preview the Giants and Jets season at 2.30. Nick Faria, who covers the New York Jets for AM New York, will join us at 3.30. At 4.30, Jet fans, lifelong Jet, former Jet running back Bilal Powell will be joining us. And then at 5.30, former NFL GM, current radio host Michael Lombardi will join us at 5.30. So we are locked and loaded with the guests. We got some great Great guys coming on the show to preview the New York football season. Want to hear from you as well? 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN is the number. And let's start with the Giants, of course. Some of you Giants fans might be on your way to MetLife right now to start tailgating for tonight's game. And here's how I look at it from a Giants perspective. If not now, then when for the Giants against the Cowboys? Seriously, if not now, then when will the Giants beat the Dallas Cowboys? You're supposed to win your divisional games at home. Giants, of course, at home tonight. The Cowboys have won four straight against the Giants and 11 of 12 overall. I think the one win the Giants had, Dak didn't even play. He was hurt. I think it was the COVID year. Joe Judge was still the Giants coach, if I remember correctly. I mean, Dak Prescott, say whatever you want about him. He's 10-2 and against the Giants in his career. He has owned the Giants. And it's time for the Giants to beat the Dallas Cowboys. If not now, then when? Last year, well, the Giants didn't have enough on offense. Well, they're loaded now, seemingly, at offense, right? They go out there and they draft Jalen Hyatt. They sign Paris Campbell. 
They're able to bring back Saquon Barkley. And, of course, Darren Waller, the big trade that Joe Shane made after dealing with a hamstring injury, it's been reported he's going out there and he's playing tonight. So Giants at home, you know MetLife is going to be awesome as far as the atmosphere, the crowd getting a chance to serenade the Giants for what they accomplished last year when nobody had them being a playoff team. Nobody had them going to the divisional round. But the Giants have said all offseason their goal is to close the gap with the Cowboys and, of course, the team that came in front of the Cowboys in the division, the team that went to the Super Bowl and represented the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants have said, we're going to close the gap. That's our goal. Joe Shane has said it. Brian Dable's talked about it. Saquon Barkley's talked about it. Daniel Jones has talked about it. So I simply say this once again. If not now, then when? I can't sit here and say the Cowboys are that much better than the Giants. They're not. Especially with some of the injuries the Cowboys have. And the Cowboys are three-point favorites on the road. Divisional opponent. Giants at home. It's week one. Set the tone. I really think both New York football teams have a chance to set the tone for their season. I think the Jet game is more important than the Giants game, but both these games are huge. And the Jets play Dallas next week, so Jet fans will be watching this game closely tonight. But from a Giant perspective, last year you were under the radar. Now you got expectations. How do you handle those expectations if you're the Giants? Last year, Brian Dable, rightfully so, coach of the year. Darling of the league. Well, how do the Giants now handle a spot where they're expected to be a good team? Daniel Jones, you're expected to be a guy who could play like a, a top half of the league quarterback. I'm not going to say he needs to be, you know, top five, top eight, top ten, whatever. But there's no reason why Daniel Jones, now making the money he's making, with the weapons they've added around him, can't go out there tonight against Dak Prescott, who I think is incredibly overrated, but to his credit is still 10-2 against the Giants in his career and go toe-to-toe with that guy and win. Because logic will tell you, if you're going to beat Dallas this year, this would be the game you'd beat him. You're at home. And I know there'll be a ton of Cowboys fans there. There always is. But you have to go out there, and you have to win this game if you want me to take you serious as a legit threat in the NFC. Because if the Giants win tonight, can I argue the Giants are right there in the top three, top four NFC teams? If you're ranking the NFC teams... Seemingly, everyone has the Eagles won, the Niners too. The Niners ought to a great start today against the Steelers. Last I checked, they were up 17-0 on the road. So the Niners with Brock Purdy look legit. Eagles, obviously. Jalen Hurts, MVP candidate. He's phenomenal. We get that. By the way, San Francisco now up 20 to nothing. Wow. But the Giants themselves have said they're trying to close that gap. You look at the NFC. They win tonight. Dallas is a team that a lot of people say they're the third best team in the conference. I mean, who is the third best team in the NFC? Cowboys? Geno Smith and the Seahawks? I know the Rams won a Super Bowl two years ago. I'm not buying them. Jordan Love and the Packers? Welcome to quarterback hell, Packers fans. The Bears? I mean, that's why tonight, yes, it's huge from a divisional standpoint. It's huge for setting a tone standpoint. But if the Giants win, maybe they start to get some of that respect. If Daniel Jones goes out there and plays well, and the Giants win tonight, I think we view this Giants season a little bit differently from a bigger picture perspective. And then we could say maybe they can actually close the gap in the NFC. But if they lose tonight, it's same old same against this Cowboys team that the Giants have failed to beat time and time again. And last year, both games were really close. 
It was the opposite of the Giants' three games against Philadelphia. The last game they didn't play anyone, throw that one out, but they got blown out in the games that mattered against the Eagles a year ago. Now Daniel Jones has paid the big money. Dable's in year two. They have added Hyatt. They have added Waller. They have added Campbell. They've added to this defense. Yo, can I see Kayvon Thibodeau tonight go out there and wreck this game the way Micah Parsons can for the Cowboys? Yo, Tyron Smith is questionable tonight. Tyler Smith is doubtful. This Cowboys O-line is susceptible. Can I see Kayvon wreck the game? Because I'll tell you what, I'm worried about Micah Parsons being matched up against Evan Neal and wrecking the game later. If I was a Giants fan, that's what concerns me the most when you break down this matchup. But if you're the Giants, the time is now to actually get it done in primetime. Seems like the Giants and Cowboys can only play in primetime. There's no such thing as a 1 o'clock kickoff for Cowboys-Giants. Now's the time. Everyone's excited about the season, rightfully so. If you're a Yankee or a Mets fan, you've had nothing for most of the year. Let's be real. If you're a Jets fan, you're pumped up. You haven't had this much optimism since Rex Ryan was the coach. It is an exciting time right now to be a New York football fan. And that is just simply not something that we've been able to say for an incredibly long time. So Giants fans, how are we feeling? Are the Giants going to finally take down the Dallas Cowboys in a big spot? Let's hear from you, Giants fans. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN is the number. It's the Jake Asman Show till 6 o'clock here on 98.7 ESPN. Gary Myers will join us at 2.30. We get it rolling with some of your calls as we continue to keep you up to date on everything going on with week one of the NFL season. We're coming right back here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Jake Asman Show here on the first Sunday of the NFL season. Today's basically a holiday if you're a football fan. Optimism abound, fantasy football, gambling, Red Zone Channel. If you're in the car right now, of course, we got you covered. We'll keep you up to date on everything that happens as we talk all things Giants, Cowboys, and then, of course, Jets and the Bills. Monday Night Football tomorrow night to kick off the season. The biggest shock of the day so far is the Niners with four minutes left in the second quarter, up 20 to nothing on the Steelers. Brock Purdy's got two touchdown passes, both to Brandon Ayuk. And the Steelers, uh, you know, maybe like a, a dark horse pick by a lot of people to go to the playoffs because Mike Tomlin never has a losing year. Kenny Pickett maybe takes a step in year two. Not off to a great start there. Niners up 20 to nothing on the road in Pittsburgh. That's the biggest surprise on the scoreboard. Gary Myers will be joining us coming up in about 15 minutes to talk about his new book and preview the Giants and Jets season. But right now, let's get into some of your calls here on today's show. Once again, our number to be part of the conversation is 800-919-3776. And we'll start it off with Alex on Long Island. He's first up today. What's up, Alex? Thanks for making the call. You're on with Jake Asman. Hey, Jake. Um, thanks for, for taking the call. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask about Hyatt and what do you think we're going to – what kind of season we should expect based on the other, the other tools that Daniel Jones has at his disposal. I mean – you know, Hodgins had a nice breakout last year, but he's, you know, still not kind of that first-round talent that uh, Hyatt has, you know, and obviously they're going to use the running game a lot. But, I mean, what kind of numbers do you think would be like, okay, this is a, this is a successful, you know, first-round pick here? Yeah, good call, Alex. I, I think it's always tricky with rookie-wide receivers, 
right? For every, like, Garrett Wilson or Jamar Chase, most rookies are kind of up and down. And I wonder what the role will be for Jalen Hyatt early on. Like, if you just look at the Giants' you know, unofficial depth chart, right? Hodgins, Slayton, and Campbell are all listed in front of Hyatt. Do I think Hyatt's going to have a role in this team? Absolutely. So it's tricky. I wonder how quick it takes, or how long I should say it takes, Jalen Hyatt to really gain some footing and have a significant role on this football team. You know, if, if Jalen Hyatt could get you six or 700 yards, I think you'd sign for that right now. I really like Jalen Hyatt. I think a lot of people forget Jalen Hyatt was projected by a lot of people throughout the draft process early on to be a first-round guy, right? You can't teach height and speed that he has. He's six foot, and he's got blazing speed. And he was a star at Tennessee. Now, he ends up falling all the way to the third round, and a lot of people love that pick for the Giants. But there was a time when I remember Lane Zerline, who works for the NFL Network, mocked Jalen Hyatt number 13 to the Houston Texans. So there was some thought that he was a, a top 13 pick. So we'll see. I, I, it's tricky. I think the key for the Giants offensively is Darren Waller. And you had the health scare earlier this week with the hamstring. And I'm still, to be honest with you, Giants fans, I'm still a little worried about Dar Darren Waller's hamstring. Because once you start getting hamstring injuries, you know what then happens? You start getting more hamstring injuries. Historically speaking, that's how it goes. And this is a guy, why has he missed time the last two years? Hamstrings. So a little worried that it's not even week one, he's already on the injury report, right? He hasn't played a game yet. But he's going to play tonight. But they got to obviously keep him healthy because that's the big move. Now, are they better with Paris Campbell being added and maybe Sterling Shepard could stay healthy? And we just talked about Jalen Hyatt. Maybe he could give you something, but it's tough to know what specific he's going to be able to do, what specifically he can add to this team. The key is Darren Waller. I think every Giants fan understands that. And by the way, Giants fans, how sweet was it watching Kadarius Toney lose a game for the defending champs on Thursday night? Oh, my God, was that glorious. Now imagine Darren Waller goes off tonight. Joe Shane going to be getting uh, some early executive of the year votes. If he flips Kadarius Toney, takes that pick, and acquires Darren Waller, and Waller actually stays healthy and plays great, I think that's the dream right there if you're a Giants fan. Let's get back to our calls right now here on the show. It's Jake Asman with you till 6 o'clock. Gary Myers joining us in the next segment. Let's go to Jay in White Plains. Jay, you're up next. What do you got for us? Well, uh, uh, hello, hello there. And I, I am a Jets fan who is not a Giants hater, and I am very optimistic about the Giants this year. Um, I mean, let's be realistic to start with. The Dallas Cowboys always win the Super Bowl in August. <laughs> well, that doesn't matter. They, they, they're going to be, and they are always overrated. So let's discard the the, the let's discard <clears throat> the Cowboys. Then we have uh, the the Eagles. Are the Eagles going to repeat? Maybe they are, but maybe they're not. And there is nothing to say and prove. <laughs> that their quarterback is going to be a, be as good as he all as he was last year. Look at Jared Goff as the as the example of the other side of the coin. If I had told you that Jared Goff was going to beat um, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in the opening game of the season two years ago, you'd have laughed at me and you'd have bet that he was more likely to be out of football than beating the. Uh, defending Super Bowl champions. So I think, you know, the, I think that the Giants have a good shot. Um, they've got 
a quarterback who has an extra year under his belt with a great coach who is famous for bringing along quarterbacks. Um, and uh, they, they have a running back who's going to have a chip on his shoulder and who is going to want to prove that he was worth more than they were willing to give him. They've picked up wide receivers. They've got, I agree with you on Waller. If, if he has a hamstring, everybody gets injuries, and hopefully your team doesn't have as many as anybody else. But he, he's a potentially great player. And I think the Giants, I think the Jets could meet. Are they going to meet the Giants in the Super Bowl? The answer is no, because I suspect that neither of them will get that far. But could we be hoping for that result in early January? And I think the answer to that is yes. Yeah, Jay, I appreciate the call. I think Giants fans should definitely be optimistic. But to me, it comes down to this. Daniel Jones got to take another step forward. If Daniel Jones replicates what he did last year, that's not good enough this year for the Giants to close the gap on the Cowboys and the Eagles. Now, Daniel Jones playing like he did last year, I think was a product of a lack of talent around him, right? Well, now there's more talent around him. And now he is comfortable in Dable's offense, year two in the same system, right? Daniel Jones hasn't had that in his career. He's had how many different offensive play callers? So that's your hope. Now, now that you're paying this guy, he could go out there and he could take a huge step forward, right? Daniel Jones is really talented. I Look, do I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the league? Gun to my head, I'm going to say no, but at least it's a conversation that Giants fans are now able to have that maybe he could be that guy. I think he's probably closer to you know 13 through 15, but can you win with Daniel Jones? Yeah, I think you can. I think Dable proved that last year. Right? It was a masterful coaching job by the Giants a year ago. But now there's more talent. And now you, there's no reason for them to not be able to close the gap on a team like the Cowboys when you're at home tonight. The Giants are only, what, three-point underdogs at home? Hey, you know, It's not like we're sitting here and you know, the Cowboys are leaps and bounds better than the Giants. I don't see it that way, especially with some of the injuries up front to the Cowboys' O-line. Plus, Mike McCarthy now calling plays. What's that look like for Dak and this offense? Could be some rust you got to win your home divisional games if you're truly going to close that gap. And this is the game tonight. If you're serious about being one of the better teams in the conference and not just being, you know, a 9-8 and eight wild card team like this team was a year ago, what, 9-7-1, whatever the record was because of the tie with the, the commanders. you got to win tonight. Once again, the Cowboys have beaten the Giants how many times? Over their last 12? 11. If not now, then when? for the New York football Giants, period. You got to win tonight. You want me to take you seriously as a legit contender in the NFC? You win tonight at home in front of a wild Giants crowd at MetLife Stadium. Let's go to Ronnie and Tom's River. He's up next on our show this afternoon. Oh, Ronnie, you're on with Jake on? Asman. What do you got? What's up, man? How are you, Jake? What's up, Ronnie? No, not much, man. Um, so I'm, I'm my expectations for tonight, I'm actually driving to the game right now, um, is what you brought up, Michael Parsons, uh, and his impact on Evan Neal, it, I'm expecting Dexter Lawrence to have that same impact on uh, the butt backup left guard because I think Tyler Smith's out for this this game. So I, I, if if that happens, we need our all pro to be an all pro and completely dominate that line of scrimmage over there. Um, if if he does well, I'm I, I have pretty good confidence the Giants going to be in, in a, at the end of the game. It's just a ripple effect with the Cowboys supposedly good. Uh, running attack that they have 
um, if they can kind of make Dallas a one-dimensional team and kind of help out those two rookie court, uh, cornerbacks. And you said Joe Shane, um, master class, the six-round six draft pick he got for Kadarius Tony, Trey Hawkins, right? So it would help out, you know, tremendously uh, the corners who are going to be put on islands all night. Um, so that's what I'm thinking is uh, Dexter Lawrence needs to show out tonight and really cause havoc in the middle of that uh, offensive line. Ronnie, excellent call. I, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And safe drive over to the game. Shout out to all the Giants fans in the car right now making the trip over to MetLife. You're right. Uh, Tyler Smith listed as doubtful. So you have Asim Richards likely starting at left guard. That's a great opportunity for Dexter Lawrence to feast, right? And here's the thing. You always get nervous with any player. Are they going to be the same guy? Especially I feel like in football this happens a lot after you pay them. How sweet would it be if you're a Giants fan if Dexter Lawrence goes out there after he got the big bucks this offseason and he dominates this game up front. Because that, to me, is really the key. I think Lawrence, and I mentioned Thibodeau earlier. Can we see Kayvon Thibodeau in a big spot come through? To Thibodeau's credit, last year against the Commanders in that huge Sunday night game late in the year the Giants played, Kayvon had a huge game. I think that's the key tonight, right? Because I, I am very worried if I were, you know, if I'm a Giants fan, about the Cowboys lining Micah Parsons up against Evan Neal and saying, go to work, Micah. Because that guy can wreck the game. You might need to leave some tight ends in there. You're going to have to account for Micah at all times. He, he's that type of player. But once again, I think the Giants match up fine with the Cowboys. They could beat the Cowboys. But they got to go out there and they got to prove it now. Right? Daniel Jones, you got your money. Go out there and beat Dak Prescott. Daniel Jones, 1-6 against the Cowboys in his career. Dak's 10-2 against the Giants. I know people think Dak's overrated. He's this, he's that. He beats the Giants. Now you got to beat Dak if you're the Giants, period. We'll continue the Giants conversation on the other side. Gary Myers is going to be joining us. He's got a new book out all about the New York football Giants. Plus, of course, we'll preview tonight's game, the season as a whole, and ask Gary about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets as well. Gary Myers joins the Jake Asman Show. That's coming up next. You're listening to 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Week one in full swing. Just watched Deshaun Watson have a rushing touchdown to give the Browns now a 10-0 lead over the Bengals. So that is certainly something worth watching. More NFL talk right now. More on the Giants who, of course, play Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys coming up later. Jets tomorrow night right here on the station. You can listen to all the action against the Bills. I'll argue today's one of the great days of the year if you're a sports fan. Of course, if you're a football fan. Joining us right now, talk all things Giants, all things Jets, is longtime NFL writer, longtime author, and, of course, Gary Myers. As a Jet fan, I, I got to start off by saying this, Gary. Thank you for helping to get Joe Klecko and, and Darrell Revis into the Hall of Fame. Hey, Jake. Um... Yeah, I mean, Revis uh, was kind of a no-brainer for the voters. It was just a question of whether he was going to get in this year or they were going to make him wait. So I'm happy for Darrell that he goes into the select group of first ballot Hall of Famers. As far as Klecko is concerned, that's been my mission for the last three, four years after I got asked to be on the senior committee. I've been on the regular committee for about a dozen years, but... The senior committee is only 12 of us, and we have about 200 candidates we consider every year. So unless one of the 12 is really an advocate of one of the seniors, it's very easy to get lost in there. 
and Joe got lost for a lot of years. So I was really happy to kind of get him out of that senior pool and help him get a, a Hall of Fame bust. And I, I know how much um, the whole thing means to him. And I, I couldn't be happier for any player that I ever covered to get into the Hall of Fame than for Joe Klecko. No doubt about that. So the reason why I wanted to have you on, of course, is because you know the Giants, you know the Jets as well as anyone. We'll get into your book as well, which I'm excited to read. Once a Giant, a story of victory, tragedy, and life after football. Of course, it spotlights the 1986 Super Bowl champion New York Giants. But let's start with tonight's game, Gary. I mean, I opened the show a little bit earlier talking about, from a Giants standpoint, if not now, then when are they going to be able to beat the Cowboys? They're at home tonight. Daniel Jones got his money. The Giants come into this game with improved weapons. Last year, the Cowboys beat them twice. They won 11 of 12 against this Giants team. If they're going to get it done, it feels like tonight is a huge opportunity for the Giants. How do you view this matchup? Yeah, I mean, you'd think that of recent years that the Giants would have their best chance to beat the Cowboys season opener at home. A night game, you know, the fans are going to be really, really excited. But you know, I just caution Giant fans here that uh, Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable are doing this the right way, which means that you can't go from zero to 60 um, in two seconds. They made a major step last year, but the Giants are still in the building stage here. And obviously they did a great job turning over the roster last year and winning, which not too many people expected them to make the playoffs and win a playoff game, but I still think the Giants are a year away from being legitimate contenders to go deep into the playoffs. And by that, I mean you know, past the wild card round, maybe even past the divisional round. Everybody's picking the Cowboys to be really serious Super Bowl contenders. I'm not sure about that. I, you know, after 25 or so years of not getting in the Super Bowl, I'm not sure they're ever going to get back in. <laughs> but um, I think the Cowboys have better personnel than the Giants, but uh, I would think the Giants have a great chance to win this game tonight. You know, Daniel Jones, of course, he got the big money contract this offseason, and with the money comes higher expectations. Now with another year under Brian Dable, some improvements they made around him, what's a reasonable expectation for the former sixth overall pick? Are you expecting a big jump from Daniel Jones? Well, I mean, certainly I expect a huge jump from 15 touchdown passes that he had a year ago. You know, in a quarterback league where you're seeing incredible numbers being put up every week, and then when you look at the numbers at the end of the season, you know, 40 touchdown passes has become kind of a whole hum thing. You know, 4,000 yards. If you don't throw for 4,000 yards, and nowadays you had a bad year. So I think I've saw I've seen enough from Daniel over his first four years in flashes. Some some days incredibly accurate, strong arm. Other days not. We know he's a great athlete that can run the ball. Uh, I've seen all the skills in him that are necessary to win big in the NFL, and he put it all together in that Vikings uh, wild card victory. He just needs to do it on a week-to-week basis now. And he has the right coach. He's got improved skill position players around him. I, like I said, I've seen enough of the skill set to think if he can do it consistently, he can be – you know, a top five or eight quarterback in the NFL. But, you know, until you do it, you haven't done it. And now he's got a $40, $40 million price tag that goes with him, and 15 touchdown passes is not going to get it done anymore. Gary Myers joining us here on 98.7 
ESPN New York. Jake Asman with you. Gary, we'll get to the Jets and then, of course, talk about your book all about the 1986 okay. New York Giants. The expectations for the Jets have not been this high since Rex Ryan was the coach back in 2010. How do you view what a you, you know what the expectations should be for the Jets, who, of course, get it started tomorrow against the Bills in primetime? Well, you know, I was on with a couple of your colleagues, Don LaGreca and Don Grassa, Dan Grassa, excuse me, um, a couple of weeks ago, and they said, what's a successful season for the Jets? And I said, it's Super Bowl or bust. And they both kind of said, oh, come on. You know, you can't, you can't expect that. And I said, well, that's kind of what the Jets have been building towards. They, they have a small window here with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't anticipate he's going to play when he's 45 years old like Tom Brady. And I think, you know, it's, it's a, unless he gets injured, which we hope he doesn't, this is probably a two-year deal here for Rodgers. And maybe it'll go further, but I, I think the window is two years. And maybe the best opportunity for the Jets is actually this year because you don't know what the roster is going to look like next year. I wouldn't think that Dalvin Cook will be a Jet next year. Um, so this is they're going for it this year. And just breaking this playoff drought that's been going on since 2010 – I don't think that's a successful season for them. They didn't bring in Aaron Rodgers just to make it as a wild card team and get bounced in the first round. I think anything short of the Super Bowl is a disappointment for the Jets. I'm not, you know, once you get into the game, you know, who knows what happens. But I think they have to get there for everybody to consider this to be a great season. Because, you know, Jake, even if they get to the championship game and lose it, and I know Jet fans have been starved for playoff football, and that'll be the first time they get that far since, you know, like I said, 2010. But you don't know what's going to happen next year. So you got to take advantage of this opportunity now. They're healthy going into the season. Rogers is incredibly happy. He's embraced New York. He's embraced the whole Jet experience. And I, I really believe that um, this, this year, if they don't, they don't, if they're not playing the last Sunday, of the season, the second, first or second weekend in February, whenever it is, I think the season is a failure for them. I really yeah. do. Gary Myers with us here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Final question on the Jets. How do you think they compare to the other teams in the AFC East? Because I look at it like this. Look, of course, the goal is you want to win the Super Bowl. But as far as the regular season, how about winning a division for the first time since 2002? Get a home playoff game to set yourself up to go on a run. How do you think the Jets match up with the Bills, the Patriots, and the Dolphins? Well, we're going to find out how they match up against the Bills pretty quickly, right? Tomorrow oh, yeah. night. Oh, yeah. I'll be there, Gary. Uh, Can't wait. Yeah, I'm going to be there, too. Um, I think that the the quarterbacks in the AFC, uh, it's the best group of quarterbacks in the conference that I've seen in a really long time, and, and they're all young except for Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know I'm going to forget somebody here, but when you think about Mahomes and Burrow and, and Lamar and Trevor Lawrence and help me out here, I'm forgetting somebody, Tua, um, I mean, Josh Allen, these are all really, really good quarterbacks right in the prime years of their career now. And now the the Jets bring in a 40-year-old, and and you hope he can turn back the clock to 2020 and 21 when he was the MVP of the league last year. You don't know how much it was a declining skill set. Was it the broken thumb in the fifth game of the season? I think it was against the Giants in London. Was it working with – a bunch of inexperienced receivers, except for Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. They had a completely new set of receivers there. Were, were all those factors 
the reason that Aaron did not have a good season. And you know, the lasting image of him in Green Bay is a winning the ring game that Sunday night against Detroit when Detroit had been eliminated earlier in the day at Lambeau and Detroit beat him. And Aaron looked terrible in that game. And for the Jets' sake, you hope that's not who Aaron Rodgers is, that you hope it's the guy from a couple of years ago. And um, I think he's a better chance of the guy from two years ago than the guy from last year. But until we see him play, we don't know. Gary Myers with us here. All right, Gary, the book, Once a Giant, A Story of Victory, Tragedy, and Life After Football. I actually did hear your interview that you did on the K-Show with uh, Don and Dan a couple of weeks back, and I, I was just fascinated by some of the stories you told, including the one where Bill Parcells apparently has given out millions of dollars to his former players. That is a phenomenal nugget that you uncovered there. Can you get into that a little bit for those who maybe haven't heard that and then talk more about your inspiration for writing this book? Sure. Uh, I was down at his house in Tequesta, which for people who aren't familiar with that part of the country, it's in South Florida, not far, far from West Palm. Jake, it was really just in the course of the conversation when I was telling him some things that were going on for his former players and how they're struggling, and he just volunteered that information. I mean, I had no idea. And when he explained it to me, he's loaned out around $4 million total to about 20 of his former players with no expectation that they're going to pay him back. And he feels that they sacrificed so much for him uh, physically and mentally because uh, he was a demanding coach, as we all know, and helped make him who he is today, which is a Hall of Fame coach who won two Super Bowls and got to a third. Uh, the third is with New England, obviously. Um, that he's put away money for the rest of his life. He's given money to his three daughters and his grandchildren, and the rest he set aside to help the players who helped him. And uh, it's not like he writes the checks without asking questions first because he wants to make sure the money is really needed and being put to something that would be considered, you know, a desperate situation that the guy has to make a payment, whether, you know, it's his mortgage or an attorney or, or his medical costs, you know, whatever. And he'll sit down and write a check and, and doesn't expect to get the money back. And that it's totaled about $4 million to this point. And, I've gotten such reaction to that story. I mean, it's incredible. And what people are saying is not only is it, I don't know if any coach has ever done it, but it's certainly fairly unique, but how it's kind of changed their perception of Bill because people just knew him as this hard driving coach who, you know, got on his players, even his best players on the sidelines and had a love hate relationship with these guys, with a lot of these guys. And now so many of his former players, I mean, this is amazing, call him on his birthday, send him Father's Day cards, and he's really you know, taken to the role of being the patriarch of this team and, and really wants to help these guys if they need it. Gary got about a minute left. So the book, once again, Once a Giant, a story of victory, tragedy, and life after football. It spotlights, of course, that 1986 Super Bowl champion Giants team. What is the, the biggest thing you would want a football fan or a Giants fan to know about this book and, and why they should go out there and purchase a copy to read it for themselves? Well, first of all, it's such a well-known team around here, but if you think you knew everything about the 86 Giants, uh, read the book, and there's so much that you didn't know because I didn't know it going into my research, and I really wanted to 
shine a light on what life after football is like when these guys get in their 50s and 60s. I know you pressed for time, so I just want to make sure people know that it comes out on Tuesday. So it'll be available in the bookstores, and you can order it on any of the online services, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, et cetera, that you want. And a really cool event, Thursday night at Bookends in uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey, a very well-known independent bookstore. Six o'clock Thursday night, Phil Sims is going to be with me signing copies of the book. And Jake, you know, I've been in constant communication with the owner of Bookends, and he just says the, re- the response has been overwhelming with people pre-ordering the book, so they're waiting for them at the store, and certainly you can buy them when you get to the store Thursday night. And Phil stay there and sign them. Um, and I'm hoping to see an awful lot of people. And um, I, 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 in my opinion, I don't know that another book has been written like this um, about a football team just looking at it as a whole, addressing this subject. And people who have read it have told me it's the boys of summer of football, which to me, you know, is the ultimate compliment. I'm not saying that, but to me, that was one of the great sports books of all time. Gary, congrats on the book. Good luck with the release coming up. And I'm sure every Giant fan and football fan is going to enjoy it. Can't wait to read mine. And appreciate you making some time here on a Sunday. Enjoy the rest of week one. Thanks, Jake. Hope to see you soon. Thanks for having me on. There he is, the great Gary Myers with us there on 98.7 ESPN New York. Once again, the book, Once a Giant, A Story of Victory, Tragedy, and Life After Football, available in just two days, September 12th. You heard Gary just say it right there, covering the 1986 Super Bowl champion New York Giants. More on the 2023 New York Giants. When we come back, we'll get back into your calls. Mix in the Jets as well. It's the first NFL Sunday of 2023. Jake Asman with you till 6 o'clock. It is, of course, 98.7 ESPN New York. Go prove it tonight then, Daniel Jones, because there's a lot of people that feel that way. I was listening to Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs earlier today. And by the way, shout out to Ty and Brandon. They did a great job. But the only part of their show where I nearly drove off the road listening was when Brandon Jacobs was basically saying Dak Prescott is terrible and there's a ton of other quarterbacks he'd rather have over him. In fact, I think at one point Brandon Jacobs said that Dak is more likely to be a backup in two years than whatever the other thing he said. I just I, I, At that point, I zoned out. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I'm no Cowboys fan. But come on. Dak Prescott, say whatever you want about the guy. He's been better than Daniel Jones in his career. Period. Could that change? Yeah, I think it could change. But now you got to win tonight, right? You heard Chris Canty there talking about all the weapons the Giants added. There's no excuse for Daniel Jones this season. You added Darren Waller, who's playing tonight, despite the hamstring injury. You drafted Jalen Hyatt, who's everyone's darling. You signed Paris Campbell. Barkley's back. You don't have to worry about a contract holdout. Year two in Dable's offense. Daniel Jones needs to step up and play better. You heard Gary Myers join me last segment say he needs to throw more than 15 touchdowns. I think Daniel Jones should throw probably close to 30 touchdowns this year if the Giants are going to be able to close that gap between them, the Cowboys, and the Eagles in their own division. 800-919-3776. Jake Asman with you until 6 o'clock. We'll get back to your calls coming up next hour. But you look at Daniel Jones. He's 1-6 against Dallas in his career. That one win, Dak Prescott didn't play. So for all the talk of Dak being not as good as Daniel Jones, I'm going to need to see some of that talk now translate to Daniel Jones playing like a a top-10 quarterback. Because statistically, at least in the regular season, Dak Prescott has been a top-10 regular season quarterback. There's a difference in the playoffs. I'd be the first to acknowledge that. Dak's playoff numbers are not great. But Daniel Jones has never had a season like what Dak Prescott has done in his career. 
All right, even last year, I know it was a quote-unquote down year for Dak, and he missed some time with injury and he struggled, but you know, Dak Prescott has routinely taken the Cowboys to the playoffs of his career. Daniel Jones has done it just one time. And I understand that Daniel Jones has not had stability, hasn't had great coaching. Well, let's not sit here and act like, you know, Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy are these great coaches either. I've heard a lot of talk about Daniel Jones being better than Dak, right? You heard Canty just talk about it there in that cut we played coming out of the break. That's why tonight is so big. It's so big for so many reasons, Giants fans. It's a divisional opponent. You're at home. You're trying to prove that last year was no fluke. You've talked all offseason about closing the gap with the teams in your own division. You have a chance to close that gap tonight with a win at home. Set the tone for what this season's going to be. And if you don't think that matters, I go back to last year when the Giants played at the Titans to start the year. And Brian Dable was reaming out Daniel Jones after a brutal turnover on the sideline. And then Daniel Jones responded by leading the Giants down the field for a game-winning drive that ended with Dable putting his day balls on the table and going for two with Saquon Barkley. That set the tone for the Giants' season a year ago, a season in which no one had them going to the playoffs and they went all the way to the division round. That's why tonight is so big. Week one, you could set the tone. Sure, it's one of 17, but not all week one games are created equal. All right, the Jet game tomorrow is not just one of 17. Not on 9-11, not when Aaron Rodgers is now your quarterback, not when you ended the year a season ago, after you were 7-4, and four, you finished on a six-game losing streak. Tomorrow means more for the Jets than just week one. And the same thing, could, I believe, could be said for the Giants tonight. If you can't beat Dallas now, when are you beating the Dallas Cowboys? It's easier to win at home than it is in their building. I mean, Dallas has won four straight and 11-12 against the Giants. Once again, if not now, then when for the Giants to get this done? And I get it. They are still in... The, you know, a retooling mode. You can't say rebuilding because they made the playoffs a year ago. And they're not the Eagles, talent-wise. Right? The Giants don't have the 49ers roster. But they have a team with the improvements they made. And I believe maybe the most underrated aspect in this matchup tonight, I think the Giants have a significant coaching advantage in Dable versus Mike McCarthy. So now I need the quarterback. I need Daniel Jones making $40 million a year to step up and raise his game. Period. We'll talk more about the Giants and Cowboys throughout our show. If you're headed to MetLife, give me a call, 800-919-3776. Giants fans, how are we feeling? We feeling confident. We feeling good about this game tonight. We'll get into the Jets next hour as well as they get set for the Bills on Monday Night Football tomorrow night. It's Jake Asman with you for three more hours, taking you till 6 o'clock. Keep it right here. It's 98.7 ESPN New York.